Excelsior! Face front, true believers. You're listening to the first episode of Excelsior Movie Review. This week's movie is the Captain America serial from 1944. I'm Ben Riley. This is Scott. This is Garrick. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy. And, you know, all I have to say about this is you can keep your Tesseract and your Ether and all your other Infinity Stones what Thanos really needs to be concerned with is the dynamic vibrator. Is the purple death. That's all that matters, really. (laughs) It'll make him so powerful. But I do think the first thing we need to discuss is whether this is better or worse than Teen Titans Go. I hate you so much. That depends on your your views. (laughs) Which I only bring up up because Scott doesn't want me to, so... (laughs) You're a terrible human being. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, so um, all right. First impressions, Jeremy, go. Uh, disappointed, not because, not because of the quality of the movie, uh, because it's 1944 and you know you just got to deal with it, but the fact that they changed so much from the comic book. Yeah, I think I mentioned in the pre-show. I do think that is. From what I've read, that's because this was not supposed to be a Captain America serial. Oh. It was supposed to be <laughs> some other, you know, uh, Republic serial superhero character. But then Captain America was selling because of, you know, Timely Comics was going off the charts. So he got shoved in. <laughs> Scott, first impressions? Um... For what it's worth, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I mean, considering that it's four hours long, <laughs> I got a little lost about halfway through and everything started running together. But it for 1944, it was pretty cool. I liked the, the special effects and the model works. It was it was neat to see how they did that. Um, yeah, the explosions were good, I thought. Yeah, totally. When that barn blew up somewhere around in <laughs> one of the chapters. That I think was, there that were was... a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it did get a little monotonous uh, just because there was so much of it um, and the every every chapter ending with a cliffhanger and then every chapter beginning with a three minute recap and then showing how the cliffhanger didn't actually happen that got a little old but I mean it was cool it was cool for the 40s uh, if it had been anybody else besides Captain America I think it would have been a little bit better because, yeah. like, well, one, it wasn't really Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> yeah. um, now, Garrick, you only saw the first one, but yeah. from that one you saw uh, impressions. I literally thought it was from the fifties. I don't, I don't really have like a, a set standard for each decade, so I didn't know. So I was, I was kind of surprised that it, it's from so late. Especially from uh, a, a time period when um, resources were scarce. I mean, probably not explosives, so that's probably how they blew up so many barns. 
But, you know, the 40s, the early 40s were a time of great uh, war, I guess you could say. So I, I, what they did with what they had, I was very surprised and I, I, I applaud them for it. Even though I don't like that they changed so much about it. But, you know, it happens. Yeah, this was apparently uh, their highest ever uh, budget for a serial. Um, wow. There's also, also one thing I couldn't figure out. It was apparently very well received. It was a financial success, but it was the last superhero serial they ever did. I don't know if just superheroes, just the interest waned for a bit or something, but they just they never tried it again. Or if it was because, um, kind of not-so-fun fact... Uh, Dick Purcell, who played Grant Gardner, who we all know is Captain America, um, <laughs> uh, he died a few weeks after they finished filming. Apparently the the filming of this was too much for his heart, and it gave out on him. He was only 35, uh, but he didn't live to see it released. Wow. So, yeah. Kind of a mixed bag of a release. <laughs> yeah. And it could be because the war was over. Yeah. Yeah, like, Captain America might not have been as in. Yeah. I don't know. Fighting the Soviets isn't as good as fighting the Nazis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, the one thing I liked best about this was um, the villain. Even though, you know, yeah, it's a very stereotypical villain. I liked Dr. Maldor just because they were able to make him even though yeah it kind of got repetitive with okay now he's going after this relic now this relic now this relic i thought his means of trying to obtain all these relics for various reasons stayed fresh throughout and to some degree you have to just ignore the cliches because this is the time period that made those cliches but yeah they aren't really cliches they're kind of new yeah i thought it was interesting um the villain Dr. Maldor, typically in Republic serials, the people who publish this, um, the audience, uh, as well as the main character in the story, doesn't know who the villain is until the very end. But this whole, the whole serial, we know Dr. Maldor is the bad guy and what he's doing. Right. So that was unique to this serial uh, in particular. Uh, they hadn't done that before. So that's that's kind of a cool little fun fact, too. Yeah, that uh, is really interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I think yeah. maybe maybe we should uh, maybe we should give a little plot synopsis and some character descriptions for our listeners so they know that know what we're actually talking about. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. Well, Captain America is a part of the Super Soldier. Pro- no, wait, no. Wait, <laughs> wait. No, Captain America is a district attorney named uh, Grant Gardner, who doesn't appear to have any superpowers. He's usually pretty much evenly matched in any fight, um, <laughs> but he doesn't. Although in pro- even though in promotional like posters and stuff he's wearing the boots and has the shield and has the wings on his cap, all that's gone in the serial. It's just the bare bones of his costume. So yeah, so he's district attorney who has a secret identity as Captain America that nobody seems to know except maybe his assistant, Gail Richards, but it's kind of ambiguous. And uh, there's a museum curator named Dr. Cyrus Maldor, um, who is secretly a supervillain known as the Scarab, who does all these has all these nefarious techniques to murder people and try and get all these relics to basically get rich. 
and occasionally makes really stupid decisions like using a blow dart instead of a sniper rifle <laughs> when the blow dart can be traced back to his museum, but that's getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> so basically the whole serial is just a sort of repetitious process of uh, District Attorney Grant Gardner and Gail Richards and all the other, you know, the mayor and whoever else trying to find out who the scarab is and Dr. Malador as the scarab sending out his goons to go do nefarious things and keep him from being discovered. Usually there's like three or four times this cycle sort of repeats and usually the first half is him trying to get whatever thing and the second half is him trying to cover his tracks. So, and and of course every time they get close to finding him and there is a confrontation, uh, you know, there's a time bomb in the plane or whatever and they've got a few seconds left and Dr. not Dr. Uh, D.A. Grant Gardner then, you know, decides to take a couple minutes to slowly take off his tie and switch into his Captain America garb. <laughs> uh, and then sort of beat the crap out of people, sort of get the crap beaten out of him. Um, yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> that and we is, should note that there legit. might be maybe spoilers <laughs> in this review. So. Well, you've had 70 years to watch it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not that you've wanted to, but it's been out there. I mean, the the story was interesting. I mean, you got, you got a museum curator who's actually evil and the mm. district attorney trying to stop him. I mean... If, the guy's only Captain America in name, but otherwise, it was a, it was an interesting like kind of crime drama. I I don't know. I I did enjoy it for what it was worth. Yeah, I think it would have worked a lot better for Batman, but maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it just it feels like the Batman, like the Adam West Batman template, but without you know the over the top cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 20 years early but <laughs> right and I, and, and I haven't seen a lot of 1940s superhero serials but I kind of get the impression from that that this was kind of the standard thing you know you got one city that it takes place in and there's a nefarious guy and it involves oil refineries and banks and fights you know fist fights in uh, rural locations and there's you know the the, the police chief and the mayor and it just seems like a lot of archetypes from that area for superhero serials, movies, cartoons, whatever, what have you. So, yeah, but there's furious typing going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, but like we said, you know, you can't blame it too much for starting the uh, cliches because it wasn't a cliche yet. Yeah. Should note that I Furious think... Typing has nothing to do with <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> but <true>. anyway. <laughs> Sorry, side discussion going on in a <laughs> in a chat room between our group members. <laughs> um I think it's interesting like to think about um Captain America debuted in Timely Comics in the in nineteen forty and he was a propaganda piece, um, first and foremost, um, for World War Two. And I, I stopped and thought about it for a second. Like, even if this had been actually, um, like, drawn from the comics, like, completely, there wasn't a whole lot of 
material to draw from at this point. This was before the whole frozen in ice and brought back alive in a different time period. There wasn't the only Captain America stories that existed in this point was him fighting overseas and kicking mm-hmm. Nazi butt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can you can make some war stories out of that, but the the Captain America mythos was barely existent at this point. So the fact that they just took his name and uh, made this character out of him, I mean, okay. Um, they're just there. There wasn't a whole lot there to begin with, anyway, because it was this was only four years after the character debuted. Okay. It wasn't like there was comic book fans. There were just kids who read comics, and they probably didn't care if it was Steve Rogers or Grant Gardner at this point. Um, <laughs> by <Yes>. and large, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nineteen forty four. You know, World War Two was still going on, and. You know, they just needed something to yeah. keep their minds off was their dads were gone and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And keep in mind, this was uh, this was before televisions were household. You went to the movie theaters and watched this every week, and you, you they probably showed reruns, and you could watch a couple of them back-to-back and just sit in there all day and watch the whole serial once it finally all came out. Um you had to actually go out and see this at some point. You couldn't just get it, you know, beamed down into your house on your television set because that <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the time period then. Yeah, it, uh, I think, you know, yeah, more than anything, it is, I would say, a product of its time. Like so many aspects of it, I would say the most lasting sort of legacy it's had uh, beyond its own time is just the fact that. It was the first Marvel movie. It was the first time we saw a Marvel superhero on screen. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Is but, is Marvel even associated with it? Um, I believe, or does it belong solely it, to Republic serials? I, th- I don't know if it was still timely at this point or if they had gone to Marvel yet, but they did just sell the rights. But, I mean, you could say the same for Fox and Sony, but we do call those Marvel movies. Yeah, but Marvel like Marvel's title is still attached to it. Like this. Yeah. Well, it does say like, in the end credits of. I mean, there were only two end credits attached to these YouTube videos where I watched it. Yeah. Um, confession: I didn't buy this on DVD. Um, <laughs> but, it's okay. We're using our resources. <laughs> yeah. But the, from the end credits, I did see. I did notice it did it. It didn't say. It didn't mention timely or Marvel, but it did say based on the. Camp, the uh, Captain America character from the comics. Hmm. So, eh, I mean, it's a stretch, but, you know, he still has a similar costume. I wouldn't call it a Marvel co- uh, movie, though, because Marvel itself didn't come around until the 60s. So was it still timely at that point? It was timely until 1960s. All right, so, well, a timely movie. But, I mean, in that, in that regard, though, then you gotta say, like, the... Uh, the early Captain Marvel stuff wasn't isn't DC because they didn't own him at that point. It was a different publisher until was they it bought Action the Comics. Um, I don't know. No, Action Comics was the original Superman series. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the comics company that produced Captain Marvel, but a lot of those got bought up by DC later. Um. So yeah, it's all kind of a mess, but I don't know. I think it's kind of cool just to see. You know the origins of the Marvel movie, even if it wasn't Marvel movies as we know them, and it's. I think, it, 
Dick Dick Purcell does deserve more recognition from fans than he gets. I mean, you know, you ask a Marvel fan who's Dick Purcell, and nobody has any idea, but he was the first on-screen Marvel superhero, even if yeah. it's a stretch. Captain America <laughs> with, a, with a beer belly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still something, I mean... <laughs> I mean, for for you know, it it's not like today where you can be guaranteed mass audiences are going to go to a superhero movie. So right. I can forgive some things like that. I can forgive it a lot more than I can forgive Steel. So, <laughs> <laughs> which we're going to get to. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> I'd rather watch um, Steel than what Howard the Duck. Just saying. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're going to watch. Good both. news. <laughs> <laughs> you get both. Uh-huh. <laughs> When do we re- what did you what Sorry. what did you guys think of the uh, acting quality in the serial? I thought it was pretty good. Hit or miss, but for the most part, yeah, it was pretty good. I agree. I mean, there's a lot of you know, say what are you doing here? You know, yeah, hey, see, you know, yeah. we're in the 1940s, so everybody talks like this. But I think it's more just a product of the time than an acting quality. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, overall, <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> I thought uh, Maldor was really good. Um, he could have played that way over the top, but he didn't, so... <laughs> the sinister, mustache-twirling <laughs> villain, but no, it was a, he was like a cerebral threat, I think. Yeah, it, was, it was cool. Yeah, if, if there was a curator gone bad, I could picture it being that guy. <laughs> I mean, how many how many bad curators are there though? Like, is that a is that a career field that lends itself to evil? Um... <laughs> you know, I, f- I feel like that's a trope, but I can't think of anything else I've seen it in. But I feel like we've seen that, you know, in later things. I think I uh, I'm pretty sure the Mummy uses it. Mm, probably. Um, with Brandon Fraser. No, um, I don't. I don't think Indiana Jones used it. The in the Mummy, the, there was no curator. It's a uh... A librarian, in both oh, versions. Yeah. The mummy. Yeah, because there's the Brendan Fraser remake, and then there's the old. Yeah, yeah. In the universe. second one, there's. Oh, like the. There's the some museum. Maxim Car Karloff, the old old ones. I haven't seen those, but. Um, yeah, the Brendan Fraser one. I thought wasn't the one guy. Maybe he is a librarian. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen him. Uh, um, the the main character, the main girl character, she's a librarian. There, there's not much museuminess going on though I don't think. Right. In the second one they go to a museum but I guess there's like a secret society doing something with the mummy and I don't think yeah, the curators like with it I don't know for sure though. Indiana know. Jones I guess if you're anybody who tries to sell a historical artifact anywhere then Indiana Jones is the bad guy. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. You know Raiders of the Lost Ark would have proceeded the exact same way whether Indiana Jones was in the movie or not. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he has no consequence on the plot. We're, we're totally diverging, but... <laughs> well, it's but yeah. tied to Marvel because there's an Indiana Jones reference in Captain America, the first Avenger. So Indiana Jones... Wait, what? Yeah, um, well, Joe Johnston worked on Indiana Jones and directed Captain America the First Avenger, so that line that the Red Skull says, you know, and the Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert. Yeah, uh, I, re- I remember Raiders. that. Yeah. Did, well, did you know that um, 
the Nazis were so anti-Jewish that they wouldn't even look for Jewish artifacts, whether they were real or not. Yeah. And even that's if why they th- could help them, they wouldn't look for them. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why it was... I, I definitely consider it to be a reference to that, is because they didn't actually <laughs> dig for trinkets in the desert. <laughs> I mean, they were into the cult. They were super into the occult in the later years, but mm-hmm. not into the Jewish occult. I guess you could call it. Right. But just just thought. <laughs> going back to the the lesser Captain America movie. Um, don't worry, there are more terrible ones to come. The Seventy movie, seventies movie. The uh, actually, I think there are two of those, aren't there? I think. Or is it the nineties one? There's two of. I don't know. I know there's one in the nineties, but I don't know about the seventy one. I think the seventies one is where he wears the motorcycle helmet. It's so he's got his plexiglass shield and <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of awfulness to come. So we may be missing this cereal. <laughs> Take me back. <laughs> on the plus side, none of them are four hours long. So yeah, that's good news. <laughs> that's nice. So what what were all the the uh, various artifacts that? Uh, the Scarab, aka Maldor, Mal, Mal, and now I'm forgetting his name, Maldor. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, uh, was trying to get. There's the dynamic vibrator, which actually, yeah, that's right. It wasn't always artifacts. It was a couple of machines at first. There was the uh, the vibrator. Well, there was the there was the purple death first, mm, which yeah. was in the the kickoff that caused yeah. all the suicides and mm. the and the brainwashing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you notice like? Okay, this is diverging a little bit, but get back on topic in a second. He brainwashes her in the first one with that hypnotic drug, and she tells him the truth. She's forced to tell him the truth. But then in the last, um, when he brainwashes Gale in the first one, you know, it's just simple, then she forgets that it happened. Then in the last uh, part uh, of the serial, he has this thing. He's like, I have this truth serum, truth serum I'm going to give you, but once it's given to you, it's irreversible, and you'll be insane for the rest of your life. It's like, why, what about the thing that you used last time? I don't... Anyway, so there's the there's the purple death, there's the dynamic vibrator, there's the the fireball thing? What was that yeah, one? I'm uh, trying to... Firebolt. Yeah, the electronic fireball, firebolt yeah. thing. There was the resurrection machine, yeah. there was the map to the lost Mayan city of emeralds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There was the mummification chamber. <laughs> there was the the blow dart, which he kind of... That was kind of his own mistake, that he used that for no reason. It's just, oh yeah, get our assassin to use this ancient Mayan. They call Mayans Mayans. I guess they used to pronounce it that way incorrectly in the 40s. Um, <laughs> incorrectly in maybe, the 40s. It's not incorrectly maybe, maybe if they thought it was correct. Maybe we're pronouncing it incorrectly. I don't know, I feel like that's the kind of thing where we're like, oh wait, it's actually Mayan, let's stop calling it Mayan. But, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they have, so yeah, he hires this assassin, or it's one of his goons, whatever. He's going to get him to assassinate uh, this guy who uh, didn't do his ransom the way he wanted and all this confusing stuff. And instead of just putting him up on the roof with a rifle, he says, you know, oh, and make sure he uses this ancient Mayan blow dart. Which then they they have like a whole episode or whatever trying to track back to him and him trying to destroy it before they can track it back to him and there's some it was logic. Intense. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the fight, the fist fights actually were really good. I thought for the most part. 
Oh yeah, the fight, the fight choreography was was great. <laughs> it didn't feel well, like Captain the... America fighting, but <laughs> it didn't look like the, people fighting. <laughs> yeah, the the sound effects were pretty good and spot on. I feel the audio synced up well. Um, they sounded like punches. They didn't sound like the like the shotgun shells that they use for like the Rocky <laughs> movies or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, a lot of the car stuff other than a few you know window shots where it's clearly a still car in front of a moving you know thing on a set um a lot of the exterior car stuff was actually really well done you know the cars were moving fast down the road there was shots of him struggling to hang on to the top of the car that i thought were convincing um effects wise yeah it was it was pretty impressive i mean all, those all had to be physical stunts there were people actually yeah. doing that so yeah, that was kudos one thing. to all the all the stunt doubles who held on to moving vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed. Like in the fights, you know, you have people swinging chairs at each other and smashing them into the walls like two inches above the other person's head. It's like you know, yeah. how do you practice that without <laughs> getting a concussion? Um, well, sometimes they did. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. Effects wise, it it was well done. It's just, it is dated. And it is four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's not four hours long is an episode of Teen Titans Go. It's only oh, about that's 12 only 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, more like nine minutes long. <laughs> We're reviewing like Teen Titans Go, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn. Oh, yeah, you know what? Let's actually just switch gears for a moment and talk about that. Um... <laughs> As Scott hangs up. <laughs> I'm out. Peace. <laughs> Alright, so let's just do a, I don't know, thing thing you liked the most and thing you hated the most, uh, Scott. Um thing I liked the most. <laughs> that's the hard part. <laughs> that is or, the hard part. Or the thing you hated the least depending on what you thought of the movie. Yeah, that could be the Yeah, if there's nothing you liked then <laughs> Well, it's not it's not that I didn't like it. I just don't really know if there's mm. something that like really stood I guess maybe the fight choreography mm. and uh just like the overall the overall quality of the serial is good, I think, um considering what they had to work with then. Like um when we, like I said earlier in the show, when we see the model work that they did for explosions, or I think that there was a few times where they actually did blow up full-scale buildings um, for some shots. Uh, the the one with the the dynamic vibrator episode where it shakes the building <laughs> apart, I mean, you could very you could very clearly tell that was a model just falling apart. But when they did cut back to the inside scenes, they had you know the room falling apart with Cap inside of it and all that. Um, so that that I appreciate a lot. Um, it looked it looked good for being the 40s um and like you said that it was the uh it had the biggest budget so that gave them a lot to work with uh thing i liked the least we why was he called captain america (laughs) (laughs) isn't that the question of the day this is that the question of the day um like we sorry go ahead It's hard what's... to resist making that reference. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what's the motivation for everybody doing this? I mean, the the museum curator guy wants to get rich, okay, but why is the DA dressing up as a guy named Captain America and punching people <laughs> <laughs> when he could punch those same people as the DA? 
Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to do my job. Better make sure somebody else does it. <laughs> Anyone else notice that the uh, DEA and Captain America are never in the same room at the same time? <laughs> I, I love how it credits them separately in the opening credits too. Yeah. Purcell as Captain America, then you know transition to Dick Purcell as Grant Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy, most liked and most despised. Uh, oh man, <laughs> the I think the explosions that they did were good. Like the but the barn and the other barn and. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been the same shot just a different angle I don't know um, but that was I mean the explosions were good and for 1944 you know I've sat down and watched other old movies with my grandma before and I just wanted to shoot myself and <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't as bad as some of those are mm-hmm. um, the thing I did not like the most sorry, was the fact that he was called Captain America. I mean, I understand that they he just they just stuck Captain America in there, but I mean, he didn't have a shield. He had a revolver. He had uh, he wasn't Steve Rogers. So <laughs> yeah. When Captain America throws oh his my mighty God. shield. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn the Teen Titans Go theme song just for that kind of situation. I don't think it has isn't, a theme song. Isn't it the same as the actual Teen Titans? I don't know that one either. I'm ashamed. I know that it's been one. too long. Dun... I know. I don't know it. <laughs> Close enough. That's, that's how it goes. It's done. Go. It. <laughs> just kind of trails off. That's why it wasn't memorable. Um. <laughs> All right, uh, Garrett. Uh, thing I liked most, quality. It was a quality show for the, its date and its yeah. the era it was made. You know, forties weren't exactly known for uh, <laughs> for you know like uh, having available med to do just like you know willy-nilly stuff so everybody was usually on the war effort especially in 44 with it wrapping up everything and but um yeah quality i'd have to say the overall quality of the serial was my favorite my least favorite like everybody else's is (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's captain america but it's not captain america you can call a potato a tomato, but it's not a, to- <laughs> but it's not a tomato. It's definitely not a tomato. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. not Captain America. It's... Would you say potatoes going to potate? <laughs> <laughs> sure. But... I didn't understand that reference, but okay. <laughs> but that's, that's just my opinion. Like, Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I would have to say the thing I liked the most was just the fact that, unlike pretty much any other 
uh, movie from that time period, which admittedly I haven't watched a lot, but anything <laughs> from, you know, like the 40s through the 50s, I don't find myself typically engaged. But with this, you know, there were times where Gale was, uh, you know, like uh, in the plane, I was legitimately worried that Gale was going to get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, me were, too. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple times where I was like, are they really going to? Oh, crap, they're going to. Oh, man, there's no way she could have started the next one. Oh, okay, fancy editing. Um, <laughs> but but I would just say that, you know, I got into the story, which is not something I can say a lot about a lot of things that old. Um, usually it's a little bit too corny. So that was my favorite. My least favorite, um, although I'm not a fan of, you know, what everybody else said, the fact that he's neither a captain nor a representative of America. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my least favorite thing... Or is he fighting Nazis? Right. Uh, my least favorite thing... My least favorite thing is something I'm stalling for because it totally just slipped my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess just the, the the repetitiveness. It doesn't need to be four hours. You could chop off two-thirds of this, and it would be the same story. It probably wasn't all, like, together. Like, it was probably... Uh, made cut up into episode episodic format for different theaters across America, you know. During... Yeah, it was re- it was released one week at a time before, you know, whatever feature film. Yeah. So. But uh yeah, that the so yeah, if you're getting it in that format, that's not too bad. But then, you know, who's in the 1940s, who's going to be going to the theater every week to keep up on the story? I mean, well, most yeah. people did to keep people. up with the news, so... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what true. Else are you I, I wasn't do? thinking about it. It's that. the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They the got exposure to from... living in the 40s is limited. What are you so... gonna, What else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, how, how many beams of stickball can you play in the street before the kid gets bored of it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's it. some really old person listening to this, and they're getting really offended right about it. <laughs> yes, because we have that many listeners. <laughs> And they're all old people. (laughs) That's the last superhero podcast I listened to. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I did have an an interesting idea. Um, Because I was looking up uh, some of these characters just to see if they were even on the Marvel Wiki. And it does have, this universe does have a number. This is Earth 600001. (laughs) Dear God, they that. actually gave it a designation? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did for everything. Um, wow. So, and actually, this has that. been... That's impressive. <laughs> this has been referenced. Um, the promotional art for this has been featured in the uh, Civil War. Uh, I think actually it was a post-Civil War, like, after Cap's death, or sometime around there, there was, like, a, a memorial exhibit or whatever to Cap, sort of like the one we see in Winter Soldier. And it features the poster for this movie. And also in the 70s, uh, there's a story arc where Cap plays himself in a movie serial because the actual um, actor was killed because the guy playing the villain was actually a spy. It's weird. But um, <laughs> and also in, in the Ultimate Universe, uh, Cap's ex-girlfriend is named Gail Richards, who is his assistant in this movie. So they've they've referenced it a few times, but I, I had this idea. 
So they keep trying to replace Cap, right? You know, we've seen Bucky Cap, which worked, but then they kind of just tried to do the same thing with Falcon, you know, okay, friend of Cap becomes Cap when Cap can't be Cap. Cap, 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 basically. Cap, 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 Cap. But it, I don't know, with the Falcon thing, I just wasn't interested because it's like, okay, we've seen this with Bucky. Is it still going on? Yes. I don't Is know. Cap Is Cap it... yet? Is he Cap again? Didn't he just... No. Didn't that just happen, though? Like, three months ago? It was pretty ago? recently. So, yeah, I mean... they just started over with the Captain America series. There was a new number one not too long ago okay. with Falcon so, as Cap. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so, so Cap's like not Cap right now? Too. Is he still old? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Rogers is still old. Golly, Cap, get it together, Cap. It's, it's only been three issues. <laughs> Stop being so old. Gosh. But I had this idea for... Oh, hold on. To be honest, I think even if his super serum stopped working, I don't think he'd age 90 years. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Shh. Shh. <laughs> but has it been 90 years? Because, you know, when you look at the timeline... I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, so anyway um, I had this idea for the next time they replace Cap because you know Steve is going to be Cap and then they're going to want to replace him again it just happens when did this all start did this all start when he first died I'm not entirely sure yes well unless you count when he went on ice and they're just and there were two Captain Americas when he was on ice there was a Vietnam Captain America yeah it's been happening a few times but as far as like the modern trend of just okay, it's his friend takes up the mantle. Okay, we've we've done it twice now. That's enough. So I'm thinking, what if they pull the Captain Marvel, where you know Ms. Marvel becomes Captain Marvel, and the new Ms. Marvel is sort of an unknown. She's just kind of new to the game. Nobody really knows who she is. What if Cap Steve can't be Captain America anymore? Some new guy, nobody knows his secret identity, comes out as Captain America, and he doesn't have superpowers, but he just he's really good with martial arts, you know, and he knows how to handle himself in a fight, and he uses firearms, um, comes out as the new Captain America, not because he's got superpowers, but because he wants to take up the mantle because he feels like it's the right thing to do. And we, the readers, know that he is a district attorney named Grant Gardner. Obviously not all the same as in this serial, but I think it could be a good starting point for an interesting, if not super long cap series it could be an interesting diversion <laughs> super long <laughs> yeah i agree else, it could be a one shot <laughs> yeah or a what if because i like the be, idea yeah. you know cap inspires people to take up his mantle yeah like like even if they're say, not really equipped <laughs> say we re not reboot but like he gets his powers again and um what's his face falcon stops being Cap, so Cap becomes Cap, but then something happens, like, somebody shoots up Cap, and he doesn't have a shield, so he's, like, in the hospital or something, and something's going on, like, there's evil people all in the streets and everything, and the Avengers can't handle it and everything, and just people around New York and everywhere else just start taking up red, white, and blue mantles, and using trash can lids and other things as shields, and you know they come yeah. they come under his banner and become the Captain Americas. You know, Didn't like they, they do keep... that in the Dark Knight and Batman beat them all up. Yeah, but unlike <laughs> oh, that, I'm not wearing Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I but think, unlike I, that, I like they would... they like they like go into the streets and f- start fighting the people in the streets and not like 
dressing up like Batman and shooting people. <laughs> yeah, going after drug lords. And yeah. I, I think Cap would be, obviously Batman is, you know, you know my crusade is mine. No one else yeah. can carry this. But I think Cap would be more along the lines of, you know, okay, if you have the it's if you have ID. the strength of character to pick up this shield, then you're worthy to carry it. Yeah. I just feel like he would go along that line. And I, I think that would be an interesting story. Um, and yeah, you could even have a lot of people start doing it. Yeah, and like the first person to start could be a guy named Grant Gardner who's a district attorney and he like he puts on a a red, white, and blue mask, and runs out into the street to save a kid from the the bad guys or whatever, whoever it is. It might be. The this... oh. <laughs> yeah, and it, it uh, makes everybody want to fight against them, and it, you know it escalates. And Cap goes somewhere, and he says to all my fellow Captain Americas, or something. You know, he mm-hmm. talks to them, and he he actually acknowledges them as more of defenders of the country and not vigilantes like the Batman people. I think you could even like skip the next cycle of Cap becoming Cap and not being Cap again. Just do it from, you know, Falcon can't be Cap anymore for whatever reason. He has to be Falcon again or he gets taken out or, you know, he can't fight anymore or whatever. There's a million ways you could remove him from the role of Cap and immediately have, you know, these people stand up as you know, they somebody has to take this place, and then have it kind of culminate as Cap is still old, he's vulnerable. Somebody's going after him, but have kind of you know something reminiscent of the the train scene in Spider-Man Two of you know you want to get to him, you have to get through all of us, but with all yeah. these people who've taken up the mantle, but don't have yeah. superpowers. Because Captain America's always been about at least I I haven't read a huge amount of pre-Winter Soldier Captain America comics, that's when I really started liking them, was the Brubaker stuff. But, um, at least in the films, Captain America's always been about, you know, the little guy, you know, it matters what's inside, so I think that could be an interesting way to take it. And I like your idea of, you know, a lot of people taking up the mantle. Yeah. And fighting for, like, freedom and justice in the American way to to save uh, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, sorry. Um, <clears throat> just saw something funny. So, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So there could be something. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say this serial is bad by any means. It is definitely good for its time, and I think it's still worth watching if you have, you know, the time, or you just want to spread out and watch it instead of cramming in and at the last minute like we did <laughs> and binge kind of a watching. Poor decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm underestimating its length, but I think yeah, it, it it has potential these characters do, you know. I'd I'd like to see Gail Richards in a Captain America comic. You know, the scarab could be made into an interesting, you know, curator gone bad type of character who goes after these ancient mystic artifacts. There's 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 always potential, you know. I think Frank Miller with his Batman uh, run, especially The Dark Knight Returns, proved that you can turn anything cheesy into something really interesting. Even though, yeah, Batman wasn't cheesy originally, but that's that's a whole other <laughs> subject that's not Marvel related. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a very interesting way to show people standing up for what Captain America represents more than what he defends because they feel that 
what he represents is better than what he protect what he uh protects once was once now is but like <laughs> like like they think america is too corrupt or something so they they go toward the ideal that captain america stands for instead of what he's currently protecting if that makes sense yeah and i think that's always been the thing with cap is he fights for what he believes america can be so yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think that would be really interesting. Now we just got to get Marvel to listen to this podcast and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do that. We won't even ask for credit. Maybe, um. <laughs> maybe just a short appearance in the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, license to write the write and illustrate the whole thing. But of course, of course. <laughs> now leave that to and uh, all the profit. Uh, Bendis or somebody. Um, <laughs> Yeah, definitely the profits. That yeah. <laughs> that's those Captain America ideals at work. We're all about the money, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we watch this on YouTube. <laughs> Although, really, is anybody who worked on this alive? Uh, I don't feel too bad about watching it on YouTube. <laughs> Although, actually, maybe? I found out uh, the the actress who played uh, Gail Richards, Lorna Gray, she's still alive. She's ninety-seven. Wow, hanging in there. Isn't that like the age that Captain America would be? Is something like that. Yeah. He says somewhere, somewhere around, around the 90s in Winter Soldier. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Some... Calculator to the rescue. Now, if, if I remember correctly, uh, Captain America was pre-Stan, right? That was Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Yes. Thought so. Nineteen, what? Like. Hmm. Okay, so it started. <laughs> so that Teen it. Titans go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say he he's at least eighteen when he gets the Super Soldier Serum in mm-hmm. let's say nineteen thirty nine. All right. So that would mean he'd have to be born at around 1921, so 2000. But when you consider the condensed timeline of Marvel... <laughs> he'd be about 93. Man, my great-grandma's older than him. <laughs> the, the, the timeline wow. thing does really bother me, to be honest. It's just its so inconsistent. It's like some historical events happened at the right times, some things didn't, like... Spider-Man was around in the 60s, but he wasn't, but it looks like the 60s, <laughs> but it was more recent. But uh, well, yeah, Captain America's the... official birthday is July 4th, 1920. Of course. Oh yeah, 24. so then he's 94. <laughs> so that would make him 94 in Winter Soldier. I just said that. Well, good for you, Garrick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh... I'm uh, fight, fight, sensing fight. some hostility. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I don't know he'd be super old dude I don't think he could even walk even with a cane <laughs> maybe maybe he aged well in the 20 minutes he aged to 90 <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know Stan Lee's still kicking you know, he's 91 uh, and he's still doing pretty well that's true himself. that's true 
I feel like even if Cap aged to his normal age, he'd still be in good shape because you know mm. he's yeah pretty active. <laughs> and even if he like because of the serum, like his body was at peak health, right? So then, if it aged like from say thirty to ninety four in a, a very small amount of time he would age from that baseline of well-fit man. So, you know, like, he'd be pretty good, pretty well-off uh, physically. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. It's all a little bit confusing, because I don't see how he aged anyway, because... Yeah, I like, he it just... It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> the serum would just stop keeping him from aging. It wouldn't make him age super fast yeah, has, he, has he just been storing up ageness yeah how's that work like in his liver or something <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> yeah time is a toxin and that's why we age he kept the toxin that's over. yeah it's a physical ailment um <laughs> yeah it i don't know well you know this is the same character who recently well I say recently it's been a few years now but died and then came back because the handgun he was shot with was a magic device that teleported his soul to another dimension. Yes. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> aging isn't the worst thing that's happened. <laughs> that's just stupid. Yeah. I wish to let him die. Not not because I don't like him, but be. I don't know. You know, sometimes you just think they deserve the rest. You know. Civil like a uh, Silver Surfer Requiem. They're never gonna have a better death. Oh, that Surfer, was amazing. Surfer Requiem. Yeah, that was sometimes amazing. it's just time to let go. The death yeah. of Human Torch was really impactful until they brought him back. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Well, not Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Disassembled. Yeah. Um, well, that one, you know, you know he wasn't going to stay dead. Yeah. Do comic yeah. book characters I mean, ever stay yeah. dead? Well, yeah, but I'm, like, saying, like, you know he'd have to come back. Like, that wasn't a death. That was, like, a... Yeah, it was, like, yeah. a... It did hint towards a future for him. Yeah, like a few the characters death of have Cap stayed dead. But... Go ahead. A few characters have stayed dead. I've no, I'll never understand why Aunt May is one of the characters that they didn't. Of all the characters that you could kill off, and it's okay that they died. Brought back. <laughs> yeah, like she um, needs the no, rest more that than is, anyone. That is totally not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 even more than just the fact that it was her time, and now she's a completely irrelevant waste of space. She needs to croak. Um, <laughs> wow, that's harsh. <laughs> it's well, you know, the truth hurts. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Have you read uh, the, the death of Wolverine? Yes, not yet. Didn't he I like? It's not really a death. Didn't he like lose his healing and then right at the very end, right before he dies, he gets it back or something so he doesn't die? No. What happens is like he completely lost his healing factor and he goes and confronts um cornelius the guy who was head of the weapon x program and cornelius is going to do what he did to wolverine to a bunch of other people against their will basically uh -huh. so wolverine saves all them and right before they all get injected with adamantium um he slashes open the tank and he gets covered in liquid metal and then solidifies as a statue and dies oh okay it was 2015 return of wolverine <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Which, if we want to talk, I was going to save that for a for a review at some point on the vodcast. Um, yeah, I liked it. It, it. it took me it took me a while to like come around to it. I, this was 
like the the first time I like I really didn't know how to feel about something when I finished it. Like it was, I I couldn't form an opinion for a couple days because I'm like, well, did I like it or did I not like it? Uh, and I think a lot of people came out of it with that feeling. From what I've read online, they're like, I really don't know how to feel about this. And in retrospect, now I think it was a good it was a good end for Wolverine. Um, and the way that the it was only four issues and it was written by. Charles Soule, who's one of my favorite writers, he writes for Swamp Thing now. Um, it it was good. It was good. So is he dead then? Like for you know? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is comic books we're talking as, about. As dead as dead can be. <laughs> for a man who doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, as far as sorry, uh, I think mm-hmm. we're gonna be in trouble once they actually kill off Captain America and the movie universe because people will be like, oh, he'll just come back like Coulson and like Nick Fury. Like, no, he's he's gonna be dead. Nope, he's dead. I mean, he has a contract for a reason. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, comic book people will get it, but other people will right, be like, well, they just brought know. back Coulson and Nick Fury. Why can't they bring yeah. back? Yeah, but that's Coulson. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I get, get decapitated it. and I... it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. A lot of moviegoers will be caught off guard and mad Mike, about it. Mike, Trevor. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> you're, when, whenever your mic gets staticky, I don't think it... It doesn't carry over to the final recording no, unless you guys... Oh, it does it? Out. Oh, then you can no. cut that part out. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I have to unplug it and replug it anyway to get it to stop. So, anyway. Okay. What were you saying? But... Um, I, I was just gonna say one more thing about Aunt May because you know I can't let that go. Um, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred is at least in the top five comic book issues I have ever read, just ever. So it's just insult to injury, man. That they after that perfect send-off that I mean there there are tear stains in that comic book. I wept. <laughs> I I wept. Which one was it again? Amazing Spider-Man number 400. Even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, read that and, and, and don't shed a tear. I dare anyone. It's it's heartbreaking. And then they revealed it was all an actress hired by Norman Osborn. And, uh, Norman Osborn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Norman Osborn. He seems to cause a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know, he does. You know what I don't get is almost every major superhero that exists currently like superman batman and all of them have been around since like really early like 50s eve superman was from the 30s i think so was so was batman yeah and it's just like i i feel like i yeah batman superman all the greats are all great (laughs) that's why they're called the greats but it's just if a character is on a plot a storyline to die let him die let somebody new take over let the character rest let him you know because they fight for a living it's hard on them and the death stories don't mean anything anymore yeah they really don't it's gonna come they're just gonna come back i mean there have been some really (laughs) yeah there have been some really good like death stories though that do exist i mean yeah they come back eventually but um I mean, when when Superman died in Doomsday, that was that was pretty heavy hitting. But he started it. He started the coming back because the death of Captain Marvel. He didn't come back. He still has yeah, never still come hasn't. back. 
but the death of Superman was such a great uh, seller. All its entire thing sold so many. It revived the comic books industry supposedly around that time, and it because they brought him back and everybody liked that. You know, he wasn't actually dead. Yay! That that started the trend of killing off characters and bringing them back somehow. And if I I could veer a little bit more into DC for a moment, if our Marvel listeners will forgive us, um, <laughs> they, I think Batman. Uh, when when Bruce Wayne died was a really missed opportunity to kind of reverse the trend and show that it does mean something, you know, like Captain Marvel where he's Marvel stayed dead and the mantle got passed on and it worked. It almost worked with Captain America. I think that was another missed opportunity bringing him back from the dead, and with yeah. with Batman, you know, I think I think Dick Grayson has the seriousness, has the experience that he could have, even if he wasn't the Batman everybody all the fans wanted at first I think he could have grown we could have seen a really interesting process to see him transition more into a more mature Batman with all this responsibility of being that character I've seen it argued I've seen it argued that Dick Grayson was a better Batman than Bruce was in that time he's not a psychopath (laughs) yeah Dick Grayson (laughs) is he's new you know he'd be I guess you could say merciful, more caring about the people he takes down. I mean, of course, probably not Joker, but it's just like, I don't know. It, it, you know, you need new blood to come in sometimes, and you let the old people stay dead. Not mm-hmm. the old people, but, you know, you let the those who died, <laughs> let them stay dead, you know? It's just like... Yeah. I could see think... bringing back Bruce with New 52, but before that, I mean, just... Well, they brought they yeah. they brought on the new Fifty Two after the the family of the creators of Superman, you know, they won the legal battle for uh, for yeah. for money for royalties, and so they had to change everything to uh, yeah. to make the changes to Superman relevant. So yeah, they reconned everything, but. I think that's why I like Batman Beyond so much is because it does kind of get away from that. Like, there, it's new blood. Terry McGinnis is new blood. And it allows for new, um, still interesting stories, and you can go different directions with it. So, yeah, I think that, that, that'd be a good example of what we all kind of want to see. I mean, even though Bruce is still alive in Batman Beyond, like, having him as a mentor figure, which is kind of the way they're going with the new Captain America. Steve is the mentor figure mm. to Falcon. And I mean, you like that it's, it's the same dynamic. Falcon is Terry McGinnis and Steve Rogers is an old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, just to kind of round this out, cause we're about at the hour mark and to kind of hit on a few of the, you know, bring it back to Captain America, but also hit on this idea of a hero just passing on the torch and letting that happen and passing on the mantle what existing superhero who hasn't been Captain America would you like to see be that next person to carry it on uh, Garrick oh right on the spot huh <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, does it have to be a superhero or could it be like a, a human uh, it could be an existing Marvel character let's put it that way okay. not a new character oh darn Okay. No. Oh, golly. <laughs> right on the spot. If okay, this is coming off of if uh, 
if Captain America died at Civil War, all right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, time passed, blah, blah, blah. Sharon. I would like to see mm-hmm. Sharon become a female Captain America. Like, plot being like, she wants to make amends with his spirit or something. Like, she wants to do some kind of penance. Pen- pen- she wants to... <laughs> To make it right. To make it right for <laughs> killing him and by taking up his mantle instead of being a shield operative anymore. And maybe something Should happened. Be a new kind of shield operative. And that's yeah, terrible. yeah. <laughs> and she. Boo. <laughs> 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 and something ha- may happen and she gets his powers or something like cool like that. Right. And it, it just solidifies in her that she needs to be captain america i would like to see that i don't there might be somebody better in my mind but i can't think of any right now all right uh jeremy uh man i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't really keep up on much marvel so i don't know too many of the minor characters that might be able to step up um uh, Howard the Duck is an option. <laughs> Always oh, there. God. <laughs> Trying to think. Well, well, since wait, since well, you're not as familiar with it, we could come back to you and oh, go on to yeah, Scott. Go so you have time to think. Um, this might uh, it might disqualify me because it technically has happened. It was a what if story, uh, in Age of Ultron. But Frank Castle, the Punisher. Hmm, that would be interesting for a number um, of reasons. Yeah, not very. I, I, patriotic <laughs> <laughs> um i call no, I, he I loves have... his country he just hates a lot of the people in it yeah that's true anyway, that's true. very true <laughs> um i collected all of the age of ultron events um was it was it the greatest marvel story ever no but i i really enjoyed it and the what ifs um the there were a couple of just the single what if issues that were better than the entire series that came out right before <laughs> it and one of them is a alternate universe where steve dies and um, I think it was S.H.I.E.L.D. approaches Frank Castle and says, hey, you're going to be Captain America now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all just like, what? And then he does step up, and uh, it, 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 was, it was a really cool idea. And I would have liked to have seen more of it. Mm. Right, Jeremy, any, any conclusions? Yeah, well, kind of. Um, <laughs> I was, my brother, He's since it's on Netflix now, he's been watching the first season of shield and he was watching the episode with uh, lady sif and i don't know if the lady sif in the movies is anywhere close to the same as the comic book version but kind of. i like i i like her character she's very kind of noble and she she does i don't know is i think her her personality or someone with her personality would be a cool Captain America. And she does already have a shield. Yeah. So, yeah. Not in the comic books, actually, though. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. a one-sword type of gal. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'd have to go with... It, it's a tie between... If it's right after Civil War, then Spider-Man. Huh. Because he was... Yeah, I, I I always see him in that story after he separates himself from Tony. He's kind of Cap's, you know, second in command. He's his probably most trusted 
ally is, in the fight, as I remember it. Is this like post one one more day kind of thing? Um, I would say okay. In an ideal world where he made the right choice in one more day, Lyant <laughs> may die and let his secret identity stay public. He becomes Captain America. Okay. My my choice for right now, uh, Flash Thompson. Hmm. Oh, that's yes. a good one. Agent he's, he's Venom. He's a patriot. He's got yeah. He's got the Venom symbiote, which makes an interesting aspect. You know, how do you have a some part of him as a villain, but now he's Captain America, and but he does. He is you know he's a soldier. He's patriotic. He loves his country. I could I could see that working. That would be really cool. I love Agent Venom, and I love that they're using him in Guardians of the Galaxy now. It's getting pretty crazy what they're yeah, doing. I need to read that. They're I doing, like, they're they're explaining the origin of the symbiote, apparently. <sighs> That's the one thing I was hoping they would do, so, yeah, I need to read that. Oh, I have awesome. one for right now. Hmm. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but um, maybe, like, an Iron Man captain america like, i almost said that too yeah it, yeah i can see it like we've had an iron patriot so mm. that's kind of weird but <laughs> like uh like instead of taking the red white and blue like iron patriot did he takes it more along like almost an exact replica of captain america's original uh like outfit mm. and he like Makes even makes a shield out of probably vibranium and adamantium, and it it probably would be collapsible too. <laughs> and I think it would be a really good uh, way to see it. But I I don't know what Iron Man's up to right now. But I think that would be an interesting. Uh, being Superior. a jerk in <laughs> being a jerk in San Francisco. Oh really? As opposed to being yeah, a jerk that new superior armor, right? Yeah, it's uh, nanotech mixed with symbiote. He doesn't have a face stuff. shield, which is interesting. Well, he His does, but it it like oh, okay. retracts. The, the stuff went down in Axis, which was the uh, the big event that just happened. And Tony's person, uh, like Red Skull, became uh, oh, what did they call it? Red Onslaught because he took uh, mm -hmm. Charles Xavier's brain and grafted it to his own brain, and it got really crazy. And he set off like a <laughs> thought bomb, and it changed a bunch of the Avengers. But when they stopped fighting, everybody changed back except for Tony. Uh, Tony's personality uh, got pushed back to its old jerky ways, and he's maybe evil. We don't know. He's doing he's doing things that are bad. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe not Tony right now, but maybe Tony like last year. Yeah, Tony, Matt. Fra I think Matt Fraction's Tony uh, would be a good qualifier for that. Like when he gets uh, when he stays sober. I mean, he gave up his sobriety during Fear itself, which was an interesting. Right. That was an interesting thing. Um, that was a confusing thing. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> Very fast-paced, but anyway. But it showed, like, it, it really showed his character. I think it was an interesting thing for him to, and it shows how much of a jerk, uh, how much of a jerk Odin is at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I would like to see him try becoming Cap. Yeah, and like fail. Not that I. Not that I. I, I'm not still salty about Civil War at this point. He's, oh, come on. He couldn't be salty about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think he's he's made amends and he knows that he was wrong and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, and he, you know, sacrificed, like, everything to defeat Norman Osborn to make up for it. But, um, where was I going with this? Oh, right, but I just, I, I can see Tony Stark wanting to be the man Steve Rogers is, was, whatever. 
in the man f- Steve Rogers knew he could be. Yeah, but but not being able to reach it just because of his of his shortcomings of his personality defects. Because you know, I don't know. Superhero movies always and stories in general just tend to end in a win. I'd like to see him, you know, fail and you know try to be cap and fail. Maybe I'm just cynical. And no, no, I, I, think, that's a, <laughs> I think that'd oh, be that's a, a really, that's good, a really cool idea. Yeah, like him take up the mantle, start doing pretty pretty good, and then he like fails horribly, like like so bad it it it's crazy. And then maybe kinda... maybe he start it through that failure. He starts working through his his. Uh, shortcomings and slowly becomes the man that maybe, could bear the mantle. Maybe by failing trying to be Captain America he becomes a better Iron Man. Mm. I don't know. I could I could see that. Working. That could work. It's kind of like the sitcom plots where you know the, the mom and the kid are you know oh you have it so easy I wish I could have a life like yours and then they like swap for a day dream sequence whatever. <laughs> yeah you've seen the sitcoms that are like Freaky that. Friday. <laughs> yeah, that kind of premise. <laughs> Except instead of him literally becoming Captain, you know, Steve Rogers, it's he tries, you know, doing his job and realizes he can't, but realizes how to be better as himself. I don't know. That'd be interesting. But we're about an hour, twelve minutes. So, any final thoughts on the Captain America uh, serial we stopped talking about a long time ago? <laughs> Um, I would recommend watching it if you're yeah. some diehard comic book fan like we are. Uh, it's definitely interesting to go back and see that and how everything started. Uh, don't try to watch it all at once. <laughs> no. <laughs> it will fry your brain. Yeah. And, and it is worth watching. I mean, look at the ideas it gave us. You know, it's a, it's thought-provoking, if nothing else. And oh, it yeah. is quality for the time. I agree. Uh, Jeremy, any thoughts? Uh, you know, like Scott said, don't watch it all at once. Um, but watch <laughs> at least the first episode, if nothing else. And Garrett, it re- uh, what they said, and it, if you need some more convincing to watch it, it really shows the time period. Like mm. it showed how they react to it. How <laughs> I guess you could say. As realistically, they could react to a superhero as possible, maybe, <laughs> while also yeah. reacting to such crazy outlandish schemes. <laughs> and it is worth watching old movies in general, I think, just to get a sense of you know the scope of time and how things have changed. Oh yeah, and that applies to comic book movies as well and comic book stuff in general. Hmm. All right, so uh, for this week, you know, look forward to uh, Tuesday night or maybe sometime early Wednesday, but probably Tuesday night, I'll put up an a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. review on the Vodcast YouTube channel. Um, expect maybe, you know, other videos from any of us if we decide to review some graphic novels. I'm hoping to finish uh, Thanos Infinity Revelation and review that. Uh, Wednesday, expect another serial review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, of, yeah. yeah. On, <laughs> on, on Shazam for The Adventures of Captain Marvel. And then next week we'll be back to our normally scheduled program with episode number three of Excelsior, just the normal show. So, yeah, um, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Enough said.
Captain America throws his mighty shield. All those who choose to oppose his shield must yield. So if there's going to be a fight where a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. All right, I'm good. I just had to get that out.